At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the Grow Your Own Food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Do you want to save money at the grocery store, eat more organic, whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food, and I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWantToGarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWantToGarden.com. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Trent Lindsay to talk about his journey converting to a plant-based diet. Trent Lindsay is the founder of GoPlantBased.info, a website and blog on a mission to improve our world one healthy person at a time. His blog educates his readers on the benefits of a plant-based lifestyle. He is devoted to fighting against preventable dietary diseases such as cardiovascular disease, cancer, stroke, and diabetes, to name a few. He and his family have enjoyed the benefits of a plant-based lifestyle since January 2016. Since then, he has immersed himself in the teachings of the Mastering Raw Food Nutrition Program led by Drs. Rick and Karen Dina. He enjoys sharing his journey to health with others and has a passion for educating omnivores, vegetarians, and vegans alike on plant-based nutrition. Welcome to the show today, Trent. Thank you, Greg. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now? Absolutely. So one of the things that uh, when I was growing up, my my parents always instilled in me was this concept that everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with that or if you live by that kind Uh, of philosophy. Pretty much. But, um, you know, anytime something bad happens, that's usually what I think about. You know, mm-hmm. it happened for a reason. We said to figure out what that reason is. <laughs> right. 
And a couple of years ago, I actually hurt my knee when I was hiking. Mm -hmm. And it led to a whole series of physical therapy sessions, basically. And it was right around the time where I was actually in the process of buying a new home as well. And so I was telling this physical therapist of mine, you know, I, I absolutely love, you know, like to eat fresh food. We love to right. cook at home. Uh -huh. And uh, he started talking to me about these gardening friends that he knew. And at the time, I didn't really have any experience with gardening uh -huh. at, at all. And um, he, he told me about this guy. He owns a company called Agriscaping. His name is Justin Rohner. Oh, yeah, Justin. And, and I started doing some research about Justin. I was trying to find, like, videos of his yard or anything like that that I can, that I can find on the Internet. And I stumbled upon a video by Jake Mace. Oh, yes. And he was doing – I know you know Jake. Yep. And uh, Jake Mace is doing a tour of Justin's yard. And uh, that's how oh. I got introduced to Jake, as oh, I found yes. him on YouTube, and immediately got hooked on his channel. Right. With, with learning how to garden, mm -hmm. and a little bit of a plug for for your fruit tree program. Around mm -hmm. that time, I bought my first round of trees. Yay! Uh, from you, and started you know planting those. Well, actually, I hadn't got them yet, but you know ordered those and was getting the yard the yard prepped um, after we had bought our house at that point. Mm -hmm. And I believe it was around December of 2015. Uh, Jake Mace posted a video. And he called it the top 10 reasons why I'm vegan. Mm. And that video has just completely changed my life. <laughs> I set the stage. I'm a very uh, logical person. I'm a mm -hmm. data analyst by trade. Oh, right. On my 40-hour uh, week job. And I couldn't logically argue with his 10 kind of points or 10, 10 arguments he had in his video. Mm-hmm. So after that, I, it was kind of funny. I started doing like a, a closet diet <laughs> for a couple of weeks. I was, I, when we went out to eat and things like that, I, I wasn't uh, telling anybody that I wasn't eating chicken or, or anything like that because um, I didn't really know how I felt about it. Right. And, and I was raised in a family where chicken was the mainstay. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my dad's side of the family has been in the chicken distribution industry for, oh. for generations. They. They just buy and sell chicken. That's all that they do. So literally it was a mainstay. Yeah. Yeah. We had, you know, I had free chicken at my disposal uh -huh. basically. Oh, right. Um, at that point. So it was, it was kind of abnormal for me to have these thoughts of just getting off of animal products altogether. Mm -hmm. Eventually I had a date night with my wife and I'm like, I, I, I found this guy on, on YouTube, <laughs> you know, telling me about this plant-based diet. And I, you know, I'm kind of curious. I want to see if we can give it a try. So um, she, she was on board from the get go, which is, which is one of the huge benefits of having a support system along the way. Oh, yes, and I'm absolutely. sure we can talk about that. That's a huge part of uh, transitioning to a plant-based diet. So we decided with January of 2016 with, you know, the new year, let's just try this plant-based diet for 30 days uh -huh. and see how we feel. Hold on, hold on. 30, 30 days. Now here we are, what, 16 months later? Yeah, so now it's been you know 16 months uh, since I transitioned to a plant-based diet. Mm -hmm. You know, we just we just wanted to see it what it would be like for 30 days. Right. And I actually found a book uh, by Colleen Patrick Gordo called the 30 Day Vegan Challenge. Um, so it's a it's a great book uh, for for anybody who's who's interested. But after 30 days, we, we were absolutely loving it. You know, we didn't really notice a huge difference necessarily in our in our body or anything at that point. Yeah, I think I blame that a lot of the things I was eating at the time. We could talk about that a little bit later. But right. we decided let's go ahead and just stick with this plant-based diet for another 60 days or so. Because each year for my work, we we do these biometric screenings where we look at our, you know, get our blood tested for like oh, cholesterol, yeah. glucose, and triglycerides, and and all these different you know biometrics. 
So we're like, let's just stick it out until we get our blood back mm-hmm. and, and see if it's really made a difference to our body. And it definitely made a difference just within the first three months. My, my total cholesterol dropped from 163 the, the March before uh-huh. to 127, Whoa, which is a huge drop. And that's yeah. after only three months. And um, so at that point, I was completely convinced that this was the right path for us. Mm-hmm. And within about six months after transitioning, I lost about 20 pounds. That's, you know, the same thing happened for me. In the first five months that I, uh, you know, I was practicing with this plant-based diet, I lost 20 pounds. And I got back down to my high school weight, which was, like, mind-boggling. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm actually back to my high school weight pretty much now as mm-hmm. well, which is, uh, which is, like you said, mind-boggling. And, mm-hmm. and the, 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 the nice part is that you, aren't even, you don't even really have to try. Um, as, long, as long as you're eating, you know, foods that are low and uh, what all – talk about later as calorie density you know mm. things that aren't too heavy you can you can lose weight just effortlessly on this diet um, as long as you're getting enough calories in you too which is important yeah so what are your top three reasons from jake's list and we'll we'll go ahead and post jake's top 10 reasons to become a vegan on the show notes page but what, from that top 10 list what what were the three that made most sense to you mr mr data analytics guy <laughs> Selfishly, the one that jumped out at me, and this, I think this jumps out at a lot of people um, first, is the health and longevity mm. side of it. So mm. usually people want to transition to a plant-based diet because of themselves. Health you issues, know, like, yeah. Yeah, they're having health issues or, mm-hmm. or, or they just want to become healthier. So that's that was my number one. Number two, I would say, would, would probably be the food. So growing the food at home. Because mm. you know, at the time I was transitioning, right, I was learning a lot about gardening. So that just yeah. really inspired me to be able to to grow the food at home and become more sustainable there. Mm-hmm. That kind of goes hand in hand with money. That was another one of his reasons, but I won't um, use money as my third. Um, uh, uh-huh. The third one I'll, I'll say was because of the animals. Mm-hmm. And and this is one that like, I call them side effects, like of, of switching to a plant-based diet, but side effects don't have to be bad. Um, it just, when you switch to a plant-based diet, for whatever reason, you start to become a little bit more compassionate Yeah, about just how you're how you're affecting the environment and 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 other beings mm-hmm. out there and you know when you, if you really start looking at some stuff on youtube about how animals are treated um you know during that whole growing process yeah. it, it's it's not it's not very you know good at right. all animals and uh if i was an animal i sure wouldn't want to be in that situation right. so right. i'd say that that's my third one for sure but yeah, the rest of his list is, is fantastic. Like I said, I can argue with anything. And his last reason actually was be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. And that was basically kind of why I wanted to start sharing this information. Ah. Um, after I, you know, after I kind of was in this transition mode for the first three or six months, I I was so happy with it, and I just had to share it with other people. And that's yeah. when I started up going plant go plant based was was middle of uh, 2016. Hmm. Wow. Good for you. So what is goplantbased.info? So goplantbased.info is what I started up just to start sharing my journey mm. um, originally. Um, I, I started putting some like videos together on, on YouTube and stuff like that oh, and nice. putting, putting them on a blog of you know, different recipes I was making. Uh, and, and this was like third quarter 2016 when mm-hmm. I was doing this. So um, you'll see some with my kids and like shopping at different places to try to find 
cheap produce and I put videos up on about it. So oh, it was really nice. just start, started out by me sharing my, my journey. You know, mm-hmm. it was what I was doing. And it's kind of changed a little bit over time. And what I got concerned about, and this is that data analyst in me, I, I wanted to make sure I was providing like 100% accurate information right. to yep. whoever was going to be reading it. And I really, I started it all up to, to try to start sharing this information for my family mm-hmm. right, and my friends. And so that's when I enrolled in uh, the course with Drs. Rick and Karen Dina called Mastering Raw Food Nutrition, which is a it's a year-long course. It has 100 hours uh, worth of curriculum in it, all about plant-based nutrition. Uh-huh. Wow. And, and it incorporates animal uh, nutrition, too, for you know perspective. But I, I started going through that course, and I kind of took a hiatus from Go Plant-Based because I wanted to focus on learning uh, that mm-hmm. content. Mm-hmm. And then... And then starting in January of uh, 2017 is really when I started sharing a lot more nutrition-related content on my blog. Yeah. And and I want it to be a place where people can go to get the nutritional content or, or information to, to kind of support the plant-based diet and answer any questions that they have. Yeah. And then, you know, hopefully just be able to start to build that community um, where I can, you know, answer people's questions and, and, and start sharing more recipes and, and things like that. Nice. Nice. So one of the things that I've discovered in this process is that this whole notion of a plant-based diet isn't necessarily 100% for everybody. Um, You know, Heidi, my sweetheart, and I have Lyme disease. And one of the things that we have found is that she needs a little bit of animal protein in her diet. Otherwise, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't work for you. So how, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, And I actually just posted uh, a new guide on my website, so that way your listeners can can get this guide to, to transitioning into a healthier diet at night. And mm-hmm. it's called the Go Plant Based Guide for Better Health. Mm-hmm. And in that, I actually talk about the the full spectrum of of dietary choices that we all have available to us. And there is no you know right or wrong diet yeah. that applies to everybody out there. And it's just one of our kind of problems that society right now mm-hmm. is you know everything has to have a, a right or a wrong yeah. or you know left or right or yeah um, you know all, all these bipolar you know options that are out there when in reality <laughs> when it comes to diet you know there there's a whole spectrum yeah and and that's guide to better health i talk about this spectrum i list seven different diets from the standard american diet which is full of like highly processed foods yeah. um you know things you could just toss in the microwave and heat up um, and they, chips and I, all that kind of stuff. I had a couple of uh, nutritionists on the past couple of months, and they call those foodstuffs, S-T-U-F-F-S. And when I, when I looked it up, when I looked up the definition of foodstuffs, it, uh, I had to laugh out loud because it was so incredibly ludicrous. And in looking up foodstuff, and it's F-O-O-D-S-T-U-F-F, definition is a substance with food value specifically raw material of food before and after or after processing a substance of with food value interesting yeah that's <laughs> definitely an interesting definition pretty vague as well yeah um probably but, just means that it provides you energy of some sort right, <laughs> maybe yeah exactly some kind of calories the, the the interesting other thing about the standard america diet is the acronym from it yeah sad sad yeah exactly yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly absolutely. and it and it Truly is because it's not. I mean, a lot of it's just full of chemicals. It's all highly processed things. Yeah. It, it's not something that you would normally eat out in nature, mm-hmm. um, for sure. 
so I have that, you know, as on the far kind of left side in terms of, you know, bad diets. And mm-hmm. I actually have two versions of the standard American diet on my spectrum because I think that for the most part, not everybody has, you know, just all those highly processed foods mm-hmm. on the standard American diet. I think right. there's also this other group of people who do uh, cook a lot at home and things like that, but it's, you know, still really high in fat and, you know, they may use like cream of mushroom soup as opposed to making the cream of mushroom soup from home. Right. You know, little things like that where it's still minimally processed and has a lot of preservatives, but not quite as bad as just eating chips all, you know, all day. Yeah. And then I have, you know, like the Mediterranean diet, vegetarian diet, and then I split out the plant-based diet actually into three different diets because somebody could be on a plant-based diet and eat something completely different than me. Mm-hmm. And have health that's completely different than me. Right. Uh, there's no guarantee that you're going to be healthy on a plant-based diet. You really have to make sure you're still eating, you know, whole natural plant foods. Yeah. So well, you know, everybody falls within that spectrum. So for like your wife, you know, that she has been able to experiment with her body, yeah. and it all comes down to her own bio individuality and how her body responds to certain foods. Mm-hmm. And so she, you know, found a need to to incorporate some, some animal-based proteins, if I remember correctly, back into her diet. Right. And, and that's what's helping her. You know, yeah. she's still on the better end of that spectrum, and, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and that's absolutely the case. We, yeah, we love what we eat here and, and uh, grow a lot of it ourselves, which is always cool. Absolutely. Yeah. So can you discuss some of the key concepts everyone should know about nutrition? Absolutely. So... The very first one is actually a full spectrum uh, of dietary choices. I have kind of three key things, mm-hmm. and that's that's the very first one. It's because a lot, a lot of times I mention to people, I have a you know I eat a plant based diet, and they just immediately get defensive. They're like, "Oh my gosh, right. that that is just too far out there." You know, I can't I can't imagine myself not having meat, dairy products, and eggs as as a part of my diet. Right. And so I just try to tell them that you know it doesn't. Um, you know, just because I eat a plant-based diet doesn't mean that they have to, you know. And as long as you're incorporating more plant-based products into your diet, mm-hmm. then you're incrementally getting healthier. Well, and that's the, really, to get healthier, you need to eat your greens. So, you know, incorporating more plants into your diet is going to make you healthier, I would surmise. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's that's number one. It's just a change of mindset. Yeah. Um, it's just making sure people know that it's, it's, you know, if you slip up a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like a diet. This is more of a lifestyle thing. Yeah. Well, and I like, I like what you say here. There is no right or wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's some people out there in the vegan community um, I know. Who, who do believe there is a right and wrong. And, yeah. and one thing about me is I, I eat a plant-based diet, but I'm not necessarily somebody that, like, I wouldn't call myself vegan. Um, you know, I, I, I have a leather belt. You know, there's there's different things in my life that affect animals in a mm-hmm. negative way, but the vast majority of how I help animals is by switching to a plant-based diet. Yeah. And, and one day I may get there, but just not not yet. Yeah, I call it leaning vegan. Right. You know, I'm totally yeah. vegetarian. I don't eat meat anymore. I don't need it, and I lean vegan. So. Yeah, and that's that's where you're comfortable at. Yeah, and that's that's the choice that everybody has to make. Is say. Uh, and in this free guide to, to better health that you can download off, off of my website, mm-hmm. I, I talk about that. You just have to be comfortable with where you are at in that spectrum. And that's your personal choice. Nobody yeah. can tell you differently. So that's, that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is uh, this concept of calorie density. Mm-hmm. 
So I mentioned it a little bit earlier, and I can provide you a definition here. So calorie density is basically the a number of calories or the amount of calories in a particular food per unit of weight. So here in the U.S., we use pounds as mm-hmm. our measurement of weight. So you would look at something that has maybe, you know, in a pound of carrots, there may be 100 calories. Right. And that's what this whole concept of, of calorie density is all about. So it's not necessarily going out there to try to, like, measure uh, or, or calorie mm-hmm. count every single meal that you eat. But having a, a basic understanding of how many calories in are, are in certain types of foods oh, yes. will, will help you to, at a high level, like understand how calorie dense a meal is mm-hmm. and, and try to base your meals primarily off of the foods that are lower in calorie density. So to, to give you some, some numbers on here, and, and this my guide kind of walks you through the math here, but uh-huh. if, you eat, if you eat a 2,000 calorie diet and you ate three meals a day, then based on how much food we could actually fit into our stomachs, uh-huh. which studies have shown that the average adult can fit about 2.2 pounds worth of food in their stomach oh and, feel, and feel completely saturated. Mm. And I don't think most people put that much food in their stomach. Um, but if, if you That's did, a lot of food. Yeah, and, and my salads um, that, I, that I have at night, um, I don't have salad every night. Mm-hmm. But when I do have a salad at night, it, it actually weighs about two pounds. Um, and so it, it's definitely... You know, possible. I've, I've actually weighed my smoothies in the past, and they weigh close to two pounds too. Oh wow! Um, and so it's it's definitely something that I do on a regular basis. Uh-huh. Maybe I wasn't when I first transitioned to a plant based diet, but now I do. So you can fit you know about that two thousand or for a two thousand calorie diet, mm-hmm. uh, eating two pounds worth of food you know three times a day. The average calorie density of your food should be about three hundred calories per pound. Okay, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. For to put that into perspective, uh, most if you averaged out the calorie density for most vegetables, uh-huh. uh, they're at about 100 calories per, per pound. pound. Wow! So, so you're well under that. Yeah. You know, so basically, if you tried to eat only vegetables in your diet all day long, mm-hmm. you would you would have to eat you know four pounds of food at every meal, and that's just not sustainable. You can't mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. So you need stuff that has more calories. So uh, fruit is at around like 250 to 300 calories per pound. Mm-hmm. Most like legumes, like your beans, right, uh, are at like 600, 650, if I remember right, uh, calories per pound. Um, nuts and seeds are much higher; they're like 2,600 calories. Oh my pound. gosh! Well, so, of course, how, yeah. Thinking about the density of them, of course, that makes perfect sense. Exactly. And then grains, I think, are around like five or 600 calories per pound, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. And then the, the thing that affects calorie density the most, and people don't realize this, is oil of any type. It doesn't matter what type of oil it is. So any oil out there mm-hmm. is at, is at 4,000 calories per pound of oil. Oh, my God. And, and nobody eats a pound of oil, obviously, at a time. But right. you can eat a pound of oil in a couple of months, maybe, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And unfortunately, like on the standard American diet and oil is is such a huge driver. You know, when you're comparing 4,000 calories per pound to a salad that's made at mainly 100 calories per pound, Mm -hmm. you know, if you just put a little bit of an oil and vinaigrette dressing like on it, it it drastically changes the calorie density of the entire meal. So having that, those figures in your head as you're, as you're eating your food, Uh um, it helps you really focus on what you should be putting on your plate. And it should be focused primarily off of fruits and vegetables throughout the day and then supplementing it with those higher calorie-dense foods. Oh, got it. That was where my next question was going to be. It's like, so tell me, me, make that connection for me. So 
remake that connection right now for me, please. Absolutely. So I'll give you my real life example, right? So Perfect. what I normally do in the morning is I have pretty much one of two things. It really depends if I've taken the time to juice. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I like to drink green juices um, or fruit juices mm-hmm. too. Um, but I'll have like a green juice in the morning uh, for, for breakfast. And and that's a very low calorie dense food. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so that's one option. Or I'll have oatmeal um, with a lot of fruit with the oatmeal. Yeah. Uh, also very low calorie dense food. And when I transition into lunch, I'll have like a fruit smoothie a lot of the times. So again, the average calorie density for that might be around the 300. But in order to increase the calories a little bit, to offset the fact that I didn't have a whole lot for breakfast, mm-hmm. is I'll add in some nuts or seeds. Oh, right. So I'll add in like a tablespoon of chia seeds or a tablespoon of flax seeds. Mm-hmm. And chia seeds and flax seeds have really good ratios of omega-3 to omega-6 fatty acids. So I'll add those into my smoothies because otherwise I'm not really going to eat those whole right. as a snack or anything like that. So I'll yeah. add those into my smoothies to get some good fats in me, and that will increase the calorie density of that meal. You know, in dinner time, you know, the majority of our time, the plate's full of vegetables. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm either going to have a salad with a, a, a richer dressing to increase the calorie density of the salad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I may blend in, blend some like nuts or seeds together with something or just a, like a store-bought salad dressing. I'll still use oil and vinaigrette. Yeah. Dressing size won't douse it with it, right? Just like only right. put a little Sprinkle bit. it on. And then the other option is to have salads. You know, I'll still have – that's my raw version of of dinner. If I'm having a cooked dinner, then I'll have, you know, like pastas and, and rice and beans and things that are, you know, closer to the 600, like, calorie density right. range. But still offset with a little bit of vegetables um, to, to bring it back down. So how many calories should we be eating a day? I know it depends, but there's got to be some kind of – correlation here absolutely so there's a formula out there actually it's a little bit more complex than just telling everybody to eat a certain number of calories it all based it's based on what your basal metabolic rate is Mm -hmm. so just how many calories you burn if you were just to sit on the couch all day and do nothing right and then you multiply that by like an activity factor you know based on how active you are Uh uh, but your basal metabolic rate it all depends on um, like how old you are, I think how tall you are, different things like that. And I actually have a like the calculation shown on my website um, as part of this free guide as well. Oh wow, cool! Um, but you could do any, you could just do a Google search if you want to, and just search basal metabolic rate, uh-huh. and and you can calculate how many calories you need uh, on a daily basis. So give me a ballpark. Uh, you know, it could be anywhere from. 1500 if you're somebody who's older mm-hmm. um you know if you're in your like say 60s 70s 80s you don't need as many calories so you mm-hmm. could probably get by with 1500 calories uh-huh. um, or if you're obviously if you're younger if you're a kid or something you don't need as much and me i think mine is around like 2100 calories Got it. Uh, per day uh, as how much i need mm-hmm. according to my uh, my fitbit i'm supposed to have like 2400 calories but when i do the calculation on my own it's a little different so um i would make sure to do the calculation on your own so it, it really ranges and then if you're somebody like jake mace who, who we both know who's <laughs> yeah. very active right who has does a lot of gardening but also does all of his uh, martial, martial arts. arts yes you know he's gonna be eating probably 3,000 calories a day mm. so it, it really and i can't speak for him obviously but it really depends on how active you are yeah and if you're more active you need more and, and if you're less active, then, then you don't need as much. Need but as much, yeah. the, great, the great thing about this calorie density kind of aspect and, and plant-based foods is that you just need to 
get to the point where you can just listen to your body and know if you're mm. if if you need more. You know, you get to a point where you know if you're hungry because you were more active that day, and then you eat a little bit more. Right. Um, the, the the foods are so low in calorie density that you can't really overeat, mm-hmm. and you can't you know have too much. And if you aren't right. getting enough calories because you don't incorporate nuts and seeds into your diet or you know anything like that, then your your, your body is going to be telling you that you're going to be more fatigued. Right. And stuff like that. So if you do get fatigued, you need to up your calorie density a yeah, little. Exactly. All right, cool. So that's two of the three key concepts you wanted to talk about. What's the third? Yeah, so the third is understanding macronutrients and, and how they fuel your body. So the macronutrients are carbohydrates, protein, and fat. Mm-hmm. And most people know that those are the three macronutrients. And, and if you ask anybody on the street, you know, is protein good for you? They would say yes. Mm-hmm. And if you ask somebody if fat was good for you, <laughs> they're going to say they, no. They're going to say no. Yeah. And then if you ask if carbohydrates are good for you, most people are going to say no. Right. But if you really look at the nutritional like or the scientific studies that have been done, it paints a different picture. And, and carbohydrates get a really bad rap because of their sugar content, um, which we can talk about more, I think, next. But um, really understanding – how much protein, fat, and carbohydrates are in the food that you eat mm-hmm. will help you with your weight loss too. And it kind of goes hand in hand with calorie density. But if you were just to track your diet in Chronometer um, or any of those other like food apps that are out there for you know three days, mm-hmm. it's kind of eye-opening uh, for most people how much right. fat how much fat is in their diet. And too much fat in your diet can can lead to a lot of uh, issues. Um, that's kind of what has it increases the amount of triglycerides in your blood. Mm-hmm. So what clogs your arteries, um, especially if you are more insulin resistant. Mm, all right. Because you have a combination of more triglycerides as well as higher blood glucose, and the two of those combined is what um, creates something called a, an advanced glycation end product mm-hmm. that clogs your arteries. So. Having too much fat in your diet is just it's just not good. Um, I usually recommend between like ten and twenty percent on the lower end if you're diabetic and trying to lose weight, mm-hmm. or on the higher end if you can, if you know that you can handle it, which I know I can. Yeah, so that's ten to twenty percent of fat in your diet. Absolutely. Yeah, and and most people on the standard American diet are probably eating close to forty to fifty percent. Wow. Of their, of their calories from fat. Yeah, And it's kind of interesting because the animal food industry has gotten really clever with how they market their products. Mm-hmm. And if you look at like ground beef at the store, they'll say, you know, like 80, 20 percent, uh, like 80 percent lean, 20 percent fat. Right. Or the 93 percent lean, 7 percent fat. Well, those percentages are based off of the weight of the fat in the product, mm. not based on how many calories you get from that fat. Uh, so an 80, 20 ground beef mm-hmm. uh, isn't 20% of the calories from fat. It's actually closer to like 60 or 70% of the calories in ground beef is coming from fat. Wow. And then the rest is from protein. Yeah. No carbohydrates, of course, because there's no carbohydrates in animal foods. Yeah. So it, it's kind of deceiving. You know, a lot of these people that promote, you know, higher protein, high protein type diets forget and, and low carbohydrates, like, you know, 10% carbohydrates, they uh-huh. forget. People sometimes forget to do the rest of that equation and realize that oh, if I'm eating right. 30% protein and 10% carbs, there's actually 60% of my calories coming from fat. And back to my earlier point, if you ask somebody on the street, is fat good for you? They're going to tell you no. Right. But that's well, what they're eating. Yeah. And it's, yeah, exactly. And it's, 
there's good fat and bad fat, right? Absolutely. But there, if you're eating too much fat in general, it doesn't matter what type of fat yeah. it is. If you're eating 50% yeah. of your calories from fat, that's too much. Yeah. Um, but absolutely, yeah. The, you know, we have essential fats that we need in the form of uh, polyunsaturated fats such as omega-3 and omega-6 mm -hmm. uh, fats. Those are the ones that are essential. There's also monounsaturated fat, which is also known as omega-9, uh, which is, is important, but it's not essential. Mm -hmm. and, and then there's uh, saturated fat, which you do get from plant foods, but it's much more dominant in your animal-based foods. Yeah, perfect. Wow, that is a lot of great information. Thank you so much for sharing it. Absolutely. This is um, what you know. I, I enjoy learning, and I absolutely love sharing it with everybody. Yeah. And that's what you'd expect, uh, you know, on my blog. Yeah. Perfect. So I'm going to shift on you, and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure, and what you might have learned from it. Absolutely. So ever since I uh, actually started college, um, pretty much, I, I've had an issue with drinking with mm -hmm. alcohol. Mm -hmm. And that's been one of the biggest kind of issues in my adulthood is is trying to overcome that um, issue. So it's not like a one-time failure. It's a you know decade-long mm -hmm. uh, failure. Mm -hmm. And I used to consider myself like an alcoholic when I was in my early 20s. I, I had a lot of issues with it. And then it kind of went away once I changed my environment mm, and, right. and you know eventually met my wife and, and had kids. And, you know, that just naturally changes things. Um, yeah. But – I'd still consider myself like a social drinker and, and, you know, if I'm in the wrong environment, then I'll probably end up drinking too much. And, and it's something that I just would never be able to control. Mm -hmm. One of the, again, I'm going to use the word side effects, even though it's a good thing. One of the side effects of switching to a plant-based diet is you become much more in tune with your body and you really start to understand how the food and drinks that you put into your, your system affect you. And I think the, the drinking, um, it used to be masked, you know, because mm -hmm. I had a lot of other things being digested, um, in my system because it takes plant-based or animal-based foods a lot longer to digest. Right. Uh, but on a plant-based diet, you're, you're usually much more efficient on your digestion. And, and if you have alcohol, it can affect you a lot more. Yeah. After becoming just more in tune with my body, I really started to finally get over that hurdle and, and overcome um, any issues with drinking. And I'm actually really proud to say that I haven't had a drink in 2017. So I'm almost, wow. you know, four months in, um, sober, which is fantastic for me. Wow. Uh, and you know, I, I couldn't have overcome it if I didn't have this yeah. kind of new viewpoint on, on life in general, but also just being a lot more in tune with, with, with my body. Right. So I, I have to say when you were sharing about that, I had this realization and it, it kind of washed over me and it was, it was like, oh, wow. Because I, 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 in the past, I have loved wine. Absolutely loved wine. And usually reds. And what I've noticed in the past six months or so is that they either don't agree with me or I just I don't have a taste for them. And it's, I didn't make that connection until you just said that a moment ago. And, I, you know, I didn't drink a lot. I, you know, on a, on a heavy drinking month for me, I drink six glasses of wine over the right. course of the month. So it's not, you know, it's not something that I do a lot of. But now, you know, I, last bottle of wine I popped open here, I had one glass and it's like, yeah, not so much. So that's, that's curious. I hadn't made that connection until you said it. Yeah, your, your taste buds start to change for yeah. a while. So that's one definite pro is you, 
you know, things become sweeter. Like when you eat a piece of fruit, it mm-hmm. really can taste the fruit because your taste buds become more sensitive. But yeah. yeah, with things like alcohol, I mean, I just kind of lost my desire after a while. You know, last yeah. year as a whole, I, I didn't really drink a whole lot. But when, you know, I, I was finally able to to get over that and just say, I don't even need it at all. You know, what's, yeah. what, what's the point when I, you know, I used to like at certain points last year, I'd have one beer and the next morning feel like I drank a 12 pack okay, or something, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I'm like, this is, just doesn't seem right. Why am I doing this to myself for one right. beer? Yeah. Well, the, you know, there's a certain amount of this that we can correlate over to food as well. And this is where people need to start, you know, being cognizant of when you put something in, how do you feel afterwards? And, you know, there are many food coaches out there that encourage you to keep a, you know, a, a eating journal. So that you and a how do I feel journal so that you, you know, as you, uh, you know, as you put stuff in, as you eat, then, you know, four, six, eight hours later, you make notes on how you're feeling and start correlating that. Absolutely. Yeah. And and some foods actually take even longer um, to right. affect your body. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't luckily I haven't had too many issues with, with a lot of foods. Well, at least that I knew of. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, now on this plant-based diet, I don't really have many issues at all. Um, sometimes if I have like two, like uh, unripe bananas, um, you can really tell that unripe bananas aren't yeah. oh, aren't yeah. supposed to be eaten. Yeah. Um, you know, things like that. You'll you'll find every once in a while. But um, I, I definitely had issues with animal products before. I mean, my yeah. one of the things that most people don't realize is that dairy products can really have a negative influence on your sinuses. Oh, right. Of course. Oh, yeah. And, and my my sinuses have been fantastic um, since switching to a plant based diet. It's yeah. it's amazing. This spring, I've had absolutely no allergies at all mm. um, on on this diet. And I used to have you know very seasonal allergies before. So interesting. It, it's 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 a huge benefit um, for somebody who used to always have itchy eyes. You know, if yep. I was in the car, like I couldn't have you know the fans blowing at my eyes because they dry out so fast and get right. so itchy or you know, little things like that I don't have to really worry about anymore. Cool. So what do you consider your biggest success? Yeah, well, my biggest success in life in general is, is having um, the family that I that I have. Mm. So I'm very happily married uh, to, to my wife, Mary, and we have two boys, uh, ages five and three, and mm-hmm. another one on the way oh, as well. Congratulations. Thank you. So that's that's always been my big, biggest success, but... Outside of of that, um, I honestly believe that being open minded enough to still try new things mm-hmm. and and <laughs> switch over to this plant based diet, I can't imagine what my life might be like if I if I didn't do it. Yeah, my life has changed for the better in so many ways um, by tra- transitioning over to a plant based diet, and yeah. you know I've started to rub off on on family and friends. You know, I have people that I talk to frequently about. Diet and, and it's affecting how they're perceiving their diet as well, and they're starting right. to make changes for the better for themselves, and and that's just a huge success for me when I can start to mm. really influence the health of other people mm-hmm. and people I don't even know, but also even just my own kids. Right. Um, you know, we didn't uh, necessarily pressure them into switching over to a plant-based diet when we you know last year when we switched. We knew that any food that they ate inside of our house was going to be yeah plant-based but when we went out to to the restaurant or to a friend's house or family member's house we let our our boys decide what they were going to have to eat and uh, for the longest time my oldest son was was basically vegetarian 
uh, for probably nine months or uh -huh. so. Uh -huh. And then we slowly just introduced, you know, different concepts about what's happening. Um, if he eats, you know, cheese or, or has milk, right. things like that. And eventually he decided he didn't want any of that anymore. Mm. It's something that, you know, I'm very proud of to, to be raising my kids this way. Yeah. Allowing them to make their own decisions. My youngest still loves his macaroni and cheese when we go out. <laughs> you know, I know he he can't tell the difference if it's vegan or not because we'll go to vegan restaurants and he'll have you know vegan cheese and he loves it and or he'll go to like Chipotle and have their quesadilla and he loves it but he hasn't yeah. he doesn't know the difference really in the taste. So giving them that option is has been a lot of fun for me and yeah. and, cool. and by far that's my biggest success. Yeah. Cool. What drives you? I think it's just the, you know, being able to help people and coach people along the way. Yeah. Um, and this hasn't been something I just picked up um, by transitioning to a plant-based diet. All my life, I've enjoyed helping other people. Right. Um, I, you know, in college, I was a tutor in finance. I, I had a finance degree, so I tutored in finance uh, classes. And uh, I've always enjoyed helping people in my current role, you know, training and, and teaching people about data and analytics. Right. And so whatever environment I'm in, I've always enjoyed helping people. And I, I see that there's this huge gap or opportunity for people to, to become healthier. And I think that that's really what drives me is just, yeah. you know, my, my desire to help people in general. And there's so many people out there that are just really concerned about their, their weight or their health. And there's just a lot of misinformed, mm -hmm. uh, you know, doctors out there to be quite quite honest. I, yeah. I don't think our, our medical care system is like a disease management system. It's not a health care system. Oh, uh, I, it, I publicly call it a death care system. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's pretty much just, um, and like di type 2 diabetes is like a perfect example because most people, if they get diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, mm -hmm. the doctor will say, okay, well, here's these medications that you have to take from now on. Yep. Try to eat as little carbs as possible and you're going to have di type 2 diabetes for the rest of your life. Right. And that's not the case at all. Right. And, and they're just not – and it's not because they're doing it on purpose. That's just how they were trained. Right. Um, that's, that's the information that they have available. Yeah, exactly. So I'm all about education, and I have to know, is there a book that's been influential for you in this process in your life? Absolutely. So one of my favorite books, uh, Nutrition, it's a much it's, – it's definitely like a philosophy book. It doesn't get into macronutrients and micronutrients that much, mm -hmm. uh, but it's called The Pleasure Trap. And it was written mm. by Douglas Lyle and Alan Goldhammer. And I can't remember the name of their like retreat that they they have up in California, um, but they do a uh, they have a fasting center where oh. people can go and do water fasts, not even juice fast, but water fasting, um, where they you know just have water for an extended period of time and they completely <laughs> reverse out all these different types of diseases mm. and get people back on track. But their their book, The Pleasure Trap, is all about how our brains are wired to seek pleasure, avoid pain, mm. and, and do it with as little energy as possible. Right. And that's what they call the motivational triad. And that's one of the reasons why so many people seek out like fast food, for example. Uh -huh. It's because the food itself is what provides them the pleasure. Our, body li our bodies like high-fat meals oh, and, yes. high and salty meals. You know, it tastes good. Um, so it, we seek pleasure. We avoid pain because sometimes, let's face it, especially if we have kids, a lot of times, you know, kids may not like our cooking, right? So like mm. it, it just, it just, 
you avoid that potential situation where you're at the dinner table and your kids aren't eating because, you know, they're complaining and saying it doesn't taste good or anything like right. that. That's a problem for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing, and this is, I think, the most influential, is trying to achieve something with a little effort as possible. And there's nothing easier than just going through a fast food restaurant. Yep. Right? Yeah, exactly. And so these three concepts uh, of their motivational triad – and there's other concepts in the book too, but it's, it's a fantastic read. It'll change your perspective on on why you do certain things. Hmm, curious, curious. I actually have another book that I'd love to recommend too. Okay, so this one's a recipe book, um, ah. and one that has gotten quite dirty on our shelf because we use it so much. So <laughs> I, I had to recommend it. It's called Plant Plant Powered Families. Hmm. Over over 100 kid tested whole foods vegan recipes. It's by Drina Burton. And we absolutely love it. Uh, the majority of the stuff is whole food ingredients, which is which is fantastic. It's minimally processed stuff. Mm-hmm. And our kids absolutely love all the meals. There's a lot of snacks and different things in there. And um, we haven't had an issue with any recipe that we've had in that book. Uh, so highly recommend it. Plant-powered recipes. Or plant-powered families. Oh, plant-powered families. I got to get it right. Okay, good. Bye. Adrena. It's D-R-E-E-N-A, Burton. Perfect. B-U-R-T-O-N. Cool. So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? The last thing I'd say is that, you know, switching over to a plant-based diet or, or just moving in that direction, mm-hmm. it, it's not like going on any other diet plan that you're used to seeing out there. Mm-hmm. It, it's really a lifestyle change. It, it's not a you know, type of diet where you're so used to like restricting yourselves, you know, saying you could only have so many calories or you could only, you know, eat so much things. Uh, but instead it's, it's a completely different perspective. Uh-huh. Instead with this type of lifestyle, you, you get the opportunity to eat all the fruits and vegetables that you want mm, because right. of that concept of calorie density, you get to eat as much as you want. It's, you, there's no restriction on a plant-based diet. And a lot of people think that you're restricting yourselves because you can't eat animal products. Mm-hmm. But the the thing is, is that with the, you know, plant-based diet, there are just so many options that, out there that you, that you yeah. can eat. Really just pay attention to that calorie density type of uh, concept I, I, I talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Just remember, you get to eat all, all the things that you want. And the reason why I say this is because um, with most diets, I think people get in that mindset of like, yeah. you, they start to punish themselves if they... Yep eat something they're not supposed to. Yep. And with this, this type of lifestyle, you just have to remember there's that full spectrum of dietary options out there. And if right. you're eating a plant-based diet and you know, you're over at a friend's house and they serve you up something that has, you know, cheese in it and they didn't know you couldn't have cheese, then, you know, just still eat the meal, you know, yeah. like you're, you're right. still, you're still doing much better than most people out there. Yeah. And, and it may just give you an opportunity to educate them a little bit about what your new lifestyle is. But, um, you know, don't get so down on yourself like a lot of people usually do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today, Trent. It has been a treat getting to chat with you. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here. And how can our listeners get a hold of you? Well, the main source um, that, or main place they can go is out on my website. So www.goplantbased.info. I-N-F-O. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where you can... Uh, like download that free guide to better health. And by doing so, you'll also be signing up to get you know, any of the new blogs or anything I write uh, that I'll be sending out to you. But that 
Guide to Better Health is, is just a great way to get started in this yeah. whole process. And there's other resources in there too for um, how to actually get started um, on this path. Cool. And then um, I also have you know Instagram and other social media too. Yeah. So go plant-based on, on Instagram. Uh, Twitter is go underscore plant-based. And then I have my YouTube channel too, which is simply go plant-based. Perfect. Uh, those are the social media. Cool. And then I'll, I'll throw out one more. Um, I do have a Facebook page as well. So if you search for go plant-based nutrition, on Facebook, you'll you'll find us there. So we have almost 100 people that have joined that site to date, and and hope it perfect. continues to grow. Perfect, 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 perfect. So you can find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash go plant based. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Do you want to save money at the grocery store, eat more organic whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food. And I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWantToGarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWantToGarden.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, Head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.